Hey folks, thanks for listening in. Stick around to the end of the podcast, the very end, uh, if you want to find out some ways to support us. Welcome to Blurred of Mouth Podcast, where we chat about the representation of black characters in the media. I am Oleander, and I am one of your hosts, and here's the other host right here. Hello, I'm CJ, and I'm your other host. (laughs) Pleasure to meet you all. (laughs) (laughs) The, the, The document just says, insert introduction here. To pull back the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> you can't pull back the curtain. This is episode one. We're t- t- struggling actors. I don't act. I don't. I'm lying to the people. The fourth wall is uh is there. I swear it is. During an episode, we will discuss three characters and we rate them. Uh, the characters will have three categories. There's the ones we already know of. There's a character we're unfamiliar with, and then we will review our previous episode's mystery character. Today's characters are Billy Cranston from the 2017 Power Rangers movie, Emily Stanton from the Netflix movie Thunder Force, and then Cole from the Netflix movie Concrete Cowboy. Indeed. So, I guess we can hop right into it. Uh, and I guess for clarity, not clarity, uh, for everyone at home... They wouldn't know this, considering this is our first episode, our first official episode. Uh, we did a episode zero, I guess you could say, where we kind of tested some stuff out, saw some things. Uh, so what we've got going on this week will be Emily Grant, uh, Thunder Force um, and Netflix. Not going to do any more explanations, but um, pirate all of the Netflix movies if you can, for those keeping track in the media. All opinions are my own and are revelations from Beyonce. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that Beyonce brings you your your opinions. Every night I wake up at 4 a.m. to see Beyonce's visage standing before my bed, almost <laughs> like a sleep paralysis demon. Not a, not too far akin to. Do they like sing you the information or do they hand you like a letter? And uh, I'd have to pay for that. So mm. she just hands me a letter. She's actually dead silent, you know, because <laughs> it's exactly how I don't got the money for that. <laughs> Um, (laughs) but yeah we can't can't piss off the beehive this early every week i'm going to come closer and closer to seeing how much beyonce references how much i can say about beyonce before she either sends me a cease and desist or comes to the podcast and (laughs) i stand by that episode one baby let's get this shit for the future let's see how long we're going all Um, right (laughs) <laughs> so billy yeah. power ranger billy power rangers uh i guess i'll read the description um so f- to those of you that don't know billy from power rangers or the 2017 power rangers movie it's about five ordinary teens that must become something extraordinary when they learn that their small town of angel grove and the world is on the verge of being obliterated by an alien threat Chosen by destiny, our heroes quickly discover that they are the only ones who can save the planet. But to do so, they will have to overcome real-life issues, and before it's too late, and band together as the Power Rangers. I love this movie so much. I also love this movie so much. It's probably the one... I watched this in the movie theater when it came out, and it was probably the most fun I had at a movie theater that year. Reminder that a Star Wars movie came out that year. And so did uh, X-Men movie. Oh, which one? Logan. 
Oh wow, you had more fun with this. I'm not surprised, but you had more well, fun Logan with this. Logan made me cry. Yeah, it's not. It's a fun. good movie. It's not enjoyable. That's. <laughs> I, yeah. No, I get it. I didn't watch Logan. Uh, so you know, take away my blurred card, but um. I did not watch Logan. I do not watch a lot of movies, which is hilarious considering I'm on a podcast in which we keep watching movies. Pulling back the veil again, this is this podcast is just an excuse for me to uh, go through my watch list. Judge me <laughs> if you will. If we have a due date for watching a movie, we will watch it. Yeah, two would hours have, before. Would I have watched Thunder Force without this? No. 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 Not willingly. <laughs> Not sober. Not so. Look, I'm going to be real. Honestly, what <laughs> this is turning out to be is watching shitty, okay, subpar movies I that I like kind of have some love for. I'm gaining love for these movies because black people and uh, decent movies, they're out there. If you learn, if you take nothing else from our podcast, it's that there are movies out there with black people in them. They don't have to be great. They don't have to be perfect, but they're there and you should watch them. Yes. And Billy 2017 Power Ranger. <laughs> that was a string of words. <laughs> uh, he's he's a great he's a great one. Like that was a 100% worth the money because I also yes. have it on Blu-ray. Billy in that movie is the heart of that movie. Yeah. There's not a single character that I love more than Billy in that movie. Billy in Power Rangers for that movie. I could have worded that better. Mm. Billy yeah. in Power Rangers 2017 is sort of the outcast. All mm. of them are sort of outcasts. It's very Breakfast Club. Yeah. But he's the nerdy outcast. Mm. Uh, he recently lost his father, and they used to go do nerd shit out in the wilderness together. Mm. And he meets the Rangers who are willing to uh, go do nerd shit with him. And develops a new friendship that can be his uh sort of family away from family mm -hmm. as the movie goes on that chosen fa i am a sucker for a good chosen family yes i think what's wonderful about it so to those that have never watched the power rangers which i'd be impressed if you have not but you know no judging for people out there what you get a lot in the Power Rangers TV shows is like the Red Ranger, uh, always the white guy at the head of the lead and doing all the things and kind of being saviory. It's a little weird. It's a little energy. Um, all the Power Rangers, not all of them, most of the Power Rangers were like white back then. I think we get three people of color in this Power Ranger, which is fucking dope. But four. the thing about Billy, four. Oh, whoa, yeah. The pink, the pink Ranger is half Indian. Oh, shit. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, damn, that's a star cast. But the thing is about this Power Rangers is you get this, the white guy being the lead, but like he's only the leader because, not even because of Destiny, but because he's like genuinely the only person that's like, hey guys, let's, can we please come together a little bit? Um, And then the real main character that you see, most of it is Billy. And that's what I love because Billy gets a spotlight. You get a lot of things. And even in the movie, Billy is autistic, which was wonderful to just kind of get. And you don't see any of the, you don't get any of the like super shitty stereotypes that like media always tries to portray on autistic people. And yeah. that's just something that was like really wonderful and warming of the heart for a young neurodivergent me would have loved to see. I don't know, before, to if I was younger in 2017. But, you know, I'm older now, and I still love the movie with all my heart. Um, Billy, 
please keep acting. Well, not Billy, uh, the literal actor for Billy. <laughs> uh, RJ, RJ Siler. RJ Siler. I love you. Keep it up. <laughs> I think there's also possibly a good cause of that lack of stereotype being that Power Rangers sort of, they write the characters without thinking about what the group the marginalized group that the characters are going to be portraying is, you know? Uh, yeah. They uh, they write the characters and then they cast and then they uh, get back into adding in details to make them more fleshed out, at least for this movie. Okay. Um, oh, that's wonderful. They, uh, they normally write the characters and then they have people of all races come in and audition for every character. Mm-hmm. But at the time, Sabin or Saban, I don't know Sabin. how it's... I think it's Sabin. Yeah, Sab- Sabin, who owned the Power Rangers, he would make the final decisions on the casting. And mm-hmm. after a certain marginalized group was casted in a certain role, they would move them down the priority list. So once a white guy has been casted, then it's oh. like, okay, well, white people go to the bottom of the priority list now. And then they keep going. Oh, that's shit. how they that's how they ensured that Power Rangers is always diverse. And I assume that for this movie, they went back in at the very end and was like, okay, now what if we also added more? And so they made the Yellow Ranger questioning her sexuality and oh, yeah. the Blue Ranger autistic. Huh. That all right, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm cool with it. It turned out to be a fine movie. What's wild to me is that when I was looking up ratings for this is that uh, I think what it was a 65% like audience rating and then like a 50% tomato meter. And I was like, these people just don't want to sit down and enjoy something. Uh, what did they expect it to be? <laughs> I think they went into it expecting expecting it to be like a serious we want an Oscar oh, story. No. Because it's like, oh, it's the reinvention, the gritty reinvention of the Power Rangers. And it's like, no, no. it's the no. same Power Rangers as it always was, but with a third <laughs> dimension added to it. A third, literally. I, I look in the same way, and I've, you've, I've literally said this to you, in the same way that um, I'm really loving the ways that like folks are directing and producing, like, I guess you could call Power Rangers a superhero movie. Uh, movies with people with powers, superhero, non-normal people movies the realistic energy that is like kind of brought to power rangers and you watching this it's like i'm watching people like high schoolers i'm watching real high schoolers gain larger than life powers and that's just something that i appreciate because it feels like everything in the 90s and the mid 2000s is like stuffy and like everyone's like gotta be morally upright and the most amazing person ever and it's like nah these are teenagers the villain pulls up halfway through the power rangers movie and it's like I think it's a yellow ranger. And it's like, gay person, join me. You clearly have evil in your heart. And she's like, oh, geez, I don't know. Let me think about it. Give me a day. And then like 24 hours later, she pulls up with her squad. And it's like, what's up, bitch? (laughs) (laughs) We're here to beat your ass. And it's we're only halfway through the movie. And that I appreciate. Billy in particular being... I, I loved him extra because one, we don't get to see very many black characters mm-hmm. that are soft yes. and he's not like a hard edged black character. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Like even with the Marvel movies they are so big and they're all full of these black superheroes as well, I guess there's three of them, but like, mm-hmm. 
but they're full of these superheroes. So you'd expect, oh, they'd have to be a little bit grizzled from their job, but you never mm-hmm. get to see like the happy go lucky black superhero. Mm-hmm. Especially since at the moment Static Shock was still out of the picture and Miles yes. Morales hadn't, you know, had a big movie yet. And so Billy was low key kind of the first black superhero of the 2010s that wasn't like I was in the military or I have I have to go be a king or any of that. He got to be fun. He got to be fun. He got to be wonderful. And he got some really emotional scenes in there that I expecting when I was like watching the movie. I was like, oh my God, is Billy about to make me sob? Yeah. Billy is a standout character. And I wish the respect that went into writing him was offered Mm -hmm. more to more characters, you know? Literally. Yes, I completely agree. If you haven't seen Power Rangers 2017, got to be very specific on that. Definitely go watch it. I cannot stress how much I love Billy. I first watched this movie a couple months ago because a dear friend of mine is in love with this movie and she's been raving about it. I have also been raving about it on Twitter. <laughs> Scholastic Dragon on Twitter, or actually Scholastic Drag on Twitter. Find me. Um, hit me up with a follow for all of my Billy Power Rangers and other characters and media hot takes. <laughs> I just I just just really love this character. The softness, the representation, the main character without having the main character without having to be asked for it energy is something that I just also appreciate because they're like, here's appropriate character development and representation. Not because we're pandering, but because genuinely we want to make like it's a character story. It's it's a character story. It goes to Uh, show that a lot of time and there's people that are like, oh, how do I write a black character when I'm not black? And it's like, first off, just write the story good first. Literally. And that's literally what they did for Billy here. And it turned out so well. Turned out so well. God, 65%. I'm not going to get over this. To all of you haters, movie (laughs) critics out there that are putting 65% on Billy's name, the Power Rangers 2017, I will find you. We're taking your jobs. Honestly, that's what we're doing. We're stealing their jobs right now. More Power Rangers fans in (laughs) here and now. It starts with us. Oh, God. Yeah. So I guess, what what would we rate Billy? Uh, I guess out of five. I want to give him a 4.5. That is also what I want to give Billy. 4.5 out of five. Five for Billy Cranston in the 2017 Power Rangers movie. Fun fact that I found out about 20 minutes ago that the old Billy Cranston, David Yost, is gay. So shout out to Power Rangers Blue character always being <laughs> special. <laughs> Second place. Love, we love you, Billy. Um, but yeah, 4.5 out of 5. Billy Cranston, 2017's Power Rangers. We love you. And I already forgot his... Uh, RJ Siler. Uh, RJ Siler. I literally almost switched all of those syllables. Um, I was going to say TJ Siler, Riley. <laughs> but yeah, uh, who's next up on the docket? Next up on the docket is reviewing last episode's mystery character. The one that we don't know. So we go over a character that we do not know and we make predictions about how we think the character is going to turn out and how we think we're going to enjoy this character when it happens, our best wishes for them. And during our test episode, we chose the movie Thunder Force starring Octavia Spencer and Melissa McCarthy on Netflix. And the character is Emily. 
Emily Stanton, baby, or Bingo. Or Bingo. Bingo's her superhero name. So the movie's summary, as told by Netflix, is two childhood best friends reunite as an unlikely crime-fighting superhero duo when one of them invents a formula that gives ordinary people superpowers. Uh, and if uh, last time you were the only one to have watched the uh, uh, trailer in which I think it was, I'm assuming because I watched the movie now, uh, the trailer was like her getting stabbed in the face with the super serum and then a bus question mark yeah the trailer was yeah it was just melissa mccarthy stumbling into the lab getting needles in the face and then cutting to a montage of ridiculous (laughs) shit which honestly it it portrays most of what goes on in the movie yeah thunder force i didn't like it i didn't didn't like it i (laughs) i liked it question mark unsure <laughs> uh oh god thunder force was to me uh fun in a way it, it it gave fun energy they brought everything that they could everything that they wanted to and it had scott mccall's mom from teen wolf in it uh not sure if you're a teen wolf watcher i him showing my ass by explaining this, but I was very big in the Teen Wolf when it was on TV. But it had Scott McCall's mom as the mayor. Uh, fun fact. Um, and with Octavia Spencer's uh, Emily Stanton character, I thought she was fine. I feel like when I watched it, I watched a movie that was the story of Emily Stanton, but she didn't get to participate in it. That's what I felt like watching it. Yes. Because... So the story of uh, Thunder Force is that cosmic space beams hit the Earth and they sought out only the mentally ill, who apparently are all genetically predisposed to be criminals. Yep. And it gave them and only them superpowers. Mm -hmm. And then some Octavia Spencer's character, Emily Stanton, uh, her parents wanted to like reverse this using their science brains. And uh, they got assassinated on a train. Very quickly. Just first few minutes of the movie just got axed. And then Emily Stanton spends the rest of her life looking for a way to fight back against the miscreants, is what they the call miscreants. them. Yes. The superpowered villains, basically. Every person with the superpower is a villain, which is yeah. a choice. Everyone is everyone with superpowers is a villain, and only the, the uh, quote-unquote half-creant <laughs> is yeah. a good one. The good half Koreans. They made they made a I, lot of comments on that towards yeah. the end of the movie. Uh, it's it's definitely a plot, but we don't get to see it for the person whose name actually revolves around half of it. Correct. We see yeah. it through the point of view of Melissa McCarthy's bumbling fool that sort of just stumbled in and claimed main charactership. Mm-hmm. It's it was a choice. Uh, the first thing that I really did not like about it was the first minute of it of them saying everyone with a superpower is a sociopath in this world, and I was like, "Ooh, you did not have to." to that that felt like a choice for yeah. Just poor. It just felt like a bad choice. It felt really. It was the whole. It was the same energy as all orcs are bad yeah. and racial dispositioning. Um, and I just didn't appreciate that as an aspect of the movie. And you also, God, there's so much to unpack with this movie. It was just, you know what? You got me. It wasn't good. (laughs) (laughs) 
that time. first 10 minutes really sealed its deal. Yes, yes. Because I honestly would have, if I was watching it not for the fact that I needed to review it on a podcast, I probably would have turned it off like immediately from not liking the way that they already set up their world. Yeah. And that's just something that that was just a pill I had to swallow because I was doing this for <laughs> yeah. uh, recreational activities. I just, I, I do, I kind of wish that in the same way that it was like a story, it was like Octavia spent, not Octavia, it was Emily Stanton's story, like through other people. I genuinely wish it was the other way around. I yeah. would have been okay if it was, um, it kind of feels like that they were overcompensating for the fact that like they were going to have Melissa McCarthy, the white character, tell the story of the black character. And I kind of, and it, you can kind of feel it through everything because at first you get like, Everything, every setting, everything else, all of the success is on Emily Stanton's character, which is like cool and fine. And you can t you could even have a fun little a fun little story about a character that's struggling with a lot of trauma and losing her family. But then you kind of get this weird juxtaposition of um, Melissa McCarthy's character being genuinely very de a very depressed person for most of it and then you kind of like gloss over that and then you like jump around to another different point and it's just like there's both not a lot and so much happening here with these characters and i kind of wish that you were giving me more and less yeah maybe i'm a little bit biased because i just don't like melissa mccarthy <laughs> i'm sure she's yeah. fine as a human being but as a performer yeah I feel like I'm just watching her go, I am loud and middle-aged, and that is the whole performance. Like, yeah. I think nothing made me cringe harder than her calling the the closest black nerd under 20, Steve Urkel. And then when they look at her confused, she proceeded to get into a squat and then shout, did I do that for a solid 30 seconds over and over again? Uh, yeah, that, that happened. I it, it is it, it's pretty quick into the movie, like not even at the halfway point. It's pretty quick into the movie too. It yeah. definitely irked me. <laughs> it irked you, if you will. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I there's something no pain pain the movie is a little bit of pain i could get i got lost into it that's how i watch movies um but i, I still had my critical gaze on the entire time the big loss of the, the big weakness of the movie and i because i kept coming back to this it brought me out of it every time was the comedy aspect and which a lot of it was like left on melissa mccarthy and mm. it was in ways that weren't good because i it, you know, you know when you can watch. You know when you watch something and you're like, a, a laugh track is supposed to be here, and there isn't, and that's something that a lot of like comedy is doing now. They're like making these moments that are very blatantly supposed to be funny, and you're like, you can't force me to laugh. <laughs> and now I will not because I can tell that you're trying to make me laugh. Yeah. The Urkel moment is definitely a laugh track moment without the laugh track. All the all the moments of just watching Melissa McCarthy eat raw chicken. Yeah, I was hating that. That was a thing. I, was that supposed to be funny? I think so. Pain. All I know is pain. Because they they kept on like doing like really close close ups. Mm hmm. And of her eating raw chicken. And and, she, and the joke was, "Aren't you grossed out? Don't judge me for being gross. Are you the audience member grossed out? 
I couldn't tell if that was meant to be funny or meant to be one of those like weird comic book facts that like get thrown into stories. Like it was more likely meant to be funny. And I'm like, they tried the movie is yeah, pretty bad. They, (laughs) I, I have to admit the movie is pretty bad. The comedy falls very flat. Uh, the character building is pretty weak and I will never get the sight of whether it be faked chicken or real chicken of a character eating raw chicken on screen i think that that will haunt me i think the worst part about it is that i had to watch so much of emily's story be handed to melissa mccarthy's character Mm because like it's like okay so this is her conquest this is her personal journey this is all drawn from her trauma and based off of her hard work to make all these superpowers but she doesn't get to name the team she doesn't get to name herself she doesn't even get to name her fucking self Mm -hmm. and she doesn't even like her superhero name she just got stuck with it and she doesn't get to be the center of any of the fight scenes she's always in the background like a sidekick she doesn't get anything really and it seems like the big crux of the story isn't her dealing with her family drama and her family traumas it feels like the crux of the story is will lydia which is melissa mccarthy's character's name will lydia be forgiven essentially yeah that's what it felt like (laughs) the fun question for what (laughs) for holding back emily with her cartoonish buffoonery ah that is Oh God, I guess that is what they were attempting to try to do. I'm not disagreeing with you. Let me preface with that. I'm genuinely just mentally trying to understand the movie that I watched less than 24 hours ago because it is, it's, it's so weak in all of the places that it's trying to. Yeah. Like, I guess be strong. And I, I just, I don't, I think what it, one of the major problems is, is that it, I don't think it knows whether if it's trying to be a character story or like a superhero action story or a comedy, because you can balance those things out. Marvel attempts to do it every year and they succeed with mediocre colors. So I'm sure Netflix with a decent budget, you probably could have done it too, because they hired all of these actors, all of these decent actors, all these decent actors to do mediocre work uh, with a lackluster probable script. I don't know. I wasn't in the writer's room. You know, Netflix, hire me to rewrite Thunder Force if that's really what you want to do. If you want to see a good superhero movie, I'm putting my name out there, staking it. God, I... This, the raw chicken. Let's <laughs> I can't see. Stop. This <sighs> was and, uh, directed by, uh, by the director that also did Tammy, which is another Melissa McCarthy movie. Okay. Uh, uh, that tracks. No, that tracks. That makes sense. The Boss, which is a movie that um, stars Peter Dinklage, Kristen Bell. Is that uh, also Melissa McCarthy? Melissa please. McCarthy's also in it. I was going to say, I I have I, I know that movie. Yeah, she's in that. Life of the Party, also starring Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. He produced Happy Time Murders, which is also Melissa McCarthy. I think what? he just does every Melissa McCarthy movie. Is this like her agent? I don't know. He's he's also acted in several Melissa McCarthy movies that he wasn't what the director the fuck? in. This is a weird choice. What's it's, funny is I saw a movie with Melissa McCarthy in it, Wine Country, and that was funny. Um, I laughed. Oh, he's he's married to Melissa McCarthy. Oh, 
There we go. Say the, the line. The writer and director is Melissa McCarthy's husband. That Ben Falcone. Ben Falcone. Oh, I know that name. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Huh. I feel like interesting. If we had known that, would we have watched the movie? Maybe, probably. I don't know. That's a lot of that's a lot of digging. Um that's the beauty of, I guess, media representation. You don't know anything until you start doing the digging. All I know is pain, Oleander. Why did we 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 suffered, and that's okay. Suffering. <laughs> so I I rate I rate Emily Stanton a whopping point five out of five. Yeah, I was not give even her a full two. star. I was gonna give her a two. <laughs> I dislike her. Yeah, <laughs> I dislike I dislike this movie. I dislike Miss Melissa McCarthy. Uh, now that I I know who Ben Falcone is, I dislike him too. <laughs> well, he's married to Melissa McCarthy, so I'm not shocked that you hate him. <laughs> Sorry, okay. I I am playing the uh, I'm playing the shoulder devil of this podcast. Fuck everyone involved with this. Uh, hi, the except for here. except for Octavia Spencer. Octavia Spencer, no, yeah. you chill. She was fine. She really did give. She really did give. I really did appreciate. I appreciated kind of the vibe of that Octavia Spencer was bringing to it. The movie was just bad. Yeah. It was just a bad movie, <laughs> and that's okay. Fuck every actor in this except for the black people. Hey, the black people had superpowers, so that's something I can appreciate. Two I more still don't, black people had I still don't understand how her daughter got the super speed at the end. That like, was never we, explained. Like, if we had another serum for a different power, why are why we freaking out her? about Melissa McCarthy having the... Uh, was she a miscreant? Was she, <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah. Un- uncertain. She even had a super suit ready. Literally. And I'm like, did Melissa McCarthy know about this? Who like, who did this? Anyway. <laughs> anyway, fuck you. It was ben a Falcone. bad movie. <laughs> fuck you, Ben Falcone. Shout out to all of the black people. <laughs> Give more black people superpowers. That's a <laughs> blurred of mouth podcast. Zero out of ten. I'll give her a one. I'm the angel. I will give her a one and a half out of uh because I liked Octavia Spencer. Not anything because of the character. I will give her a one point five out of five. Octavia Spencer deserves the world. Yeah. Anyway, now on to a hopefully better movie. Uh, I doubt it. <laughs> oh, no, well, it wasn't produced by Netflix, so it's probably... Yeah, is. this is not produced by Netflix. It is being distributed by Netflix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just like how that one was a character we did not know until we spent the previous two weeks watching it. I, I only yeah. watched it this morning. I but, watched uh, it last night. <laughs> we are now moving on to our newest unknown character. Which will be Cole from Concrete Cowboy, which is a movie about a boy who is sent to live with his estranged father for the summer. He's a rebellious teen, and he finds kinship in the tight-knit Philadelphia community of black cowboys that his father is a part of. Mm -hmm. The boy in question is Cole, who is played by Caleb McLaughlin. Mm Mm-hmm. And the father is played by Idris Elba, and also Method Man is there. <laughs> you haven't gotten over this? I will not get over it. Method Man is just in the movie. <laughs> Why? Who knows? Doesn't matter. It's just like when I watched Vampires versus the Bronx, and Method Man was just the priest for no reason. I think Method Man's trying to get his acting career off the ground, and I think you should give <laughs> respect to him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still impressed that you watched 
Vampires versus the Bronx. What it was we- a good one. It, I really? watched it when it came out. It was really good. It was huh. like uh, if you want if you want to watch uh, a movie about black kids in the Bronx having an adventure, that's that's the way to go. All right. And it also has nice commentary about gentrification. Oh wow! And if you want to watch movies about black kid some men and horses then i guess you can watch concrete cowboy (laughs) yes so we watched the what you need to know and the trailer for Mm. concrete cowboy and that's all we have to go off of and it is inspired by a real story because there Mm. is a cowboy presence in philadelphia i guess yep I can attest. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm CJ, and I live in Philly. Hi, Philly. Yeah, we have that cowboy community in Philly, Mm -hmm. and then we have a book that was based on the cowboy community in Philly. (laughs) And then the movie based on the book that is about the cowboy community community in Philly. Philly. (laughs) And that's what Concrete Cowboy is. It was not made by Netflix. It was produced by Idris Elba and Lee Daniels. And then in October 2020, Netflix bought the distribution rights, and then they released it this year, 2021, in around April? Yes. Yes, because the trailer's in like March, and then I think it got put out in April. So it looks fine. You get a lot of scenes in Philly, from what we saw in the trailer, of places that I I drive by, and I'm like, oh, look, sick, I know that place. So, you know, if you're also from Philly and you want to see that and you want to feel represented, go ahead and watch at least the trailer of Concrete Cowboy. I have, uh, I'd say I have mediocre hopes for this movie. And, you know, when I go in with mediocre, I'm assuming that I'm going to be blown away. Uh, it's got Academy Award winning director Lee Daniels, uh, so says the thing, um, and scenes of cops. So we're at least going to get every black character's, every character in a movie's uh, small struggle that they have to throw in with cops. Not a shout out to the Philadelphia Police Force. Fuck them. They suck. Literally one of the worst ones in like literally the country. So uh, fuck you. I want I better see a scene in the movie where they say fuck Philly cops, fuck the cops, and then fuck insert direct insert uh, police chief of Philadelphia. Well, they got Method Man in the movie, so hopefully oh, he, he's yeah. got that covered. Yeah, <laughs> Method Man, I got high hopes for you, baby. I see. <laughs> I want to see Method Man cry. I do have higher hopes for this movie because it is we don't get a lot of black coming of age stories. Mm-hmm. And this is With this horses. is marketed as a coming of age story still. Mm-hmm. The heart of it is still this uh will they won't they of Cole and Harp, which are the son and father's names. Uh whether or not they will I guess like each other by the end of the movie cuz you know they're in a estranged family. And there was a scene in the trailer where he's like, you're, you're out here being everybody's dad, but mine to to (laughs) heart. And it's like, okay, so this is going to be a thing. Cause in, in the real life story, it's based on a group of cowboys in Philly that came together for like, Oh, I own horses. And I think building a community of people that all want to take care of and partake in horse shit Literally. Literally, because they have to clean up horse shit. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, people will find the stuff that they need getting into equestrian life. So interesting. 
And <laughs> apparently it fucking works. Yeah, all right. I'm um, super down. Yeah. So hopefully it's good. Like I, I I think it sounds good. Yeah. It's just no. weird seeing a horse girl horses. movie not for horse In girls. Philly. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one thing that you can guarantee is that Philly's got you, baby. They do everything and anything. No surprises here. I'm surprised that when I watched the trailer, Old Town Road didn't play. Look, if the song had come out by oh no, the song yeah, the song would have been out. The song would have been oh fuck. Why is it I'm now gonna go make an edit on <laughs> Of Idris Elba, McLaughlin, and Method Man with Old Town Road in the background. <laughs> it's, I'm going to take my horse and then just like a quick edit to like them running from the cops. I don't know. It's going to yeah, be I... good. Look out on my Twitter that I mentioned earlier. Go back and find it. Sasser Drag, baby. But I'm really excited uh, to see a community driven movie. It's gonna, It should be something interesting. I think, haha, CJ prediction time. I didn't see anything special in there for me to specifically latch on to, but I can already imagine uh, how it's going to go. So we're going to get, oh God, what is his literal name? What is his, what is his character name? Uh, the son, the son, the son, Cole. Cole. Is his name Cole? Yes. Oh God, we got a lot of names today. Cole's going to come in <laughs> fresh prince of bel-air style so cole is going to get kicked out of school his mom's going to be like look you can't keep acting like this and he's going to be like look mom you work you're working five jobs and i don't ever see you but he's not going to say that because no i never see you mom and i'm tired and i'm lashing out because i'm a rebellious teen and he's going to slam the door and then she's going to walk over into the kitchen because there's always a phone in the kitchen for some reason um and she's going to say uh idris baby uh I'm sending him to you. And Idris is going to be like, what? I got horses. I can't take a son right now. Uh, and she's going to be like, you're taking your fucking... It's going to be... A, I don't think there's going to be a child support joke because white people aren't directing this, I don't think. Um, she's going to be like, you're taking your son now and I need a break because I'm working 19 different jobs. And then he's going <laughs> to be like, all right, I guess. Um, Cole's going to pull up with his suitcase, get out of the taxi, go into this Philly home. He's going to look to the left. There's going to be horses. He's going to be like, why is there horses? And he's be like you know what weird philly things and he's gonna go inside the house he's gonna turn around there's a horse in your house <laughs> that wasn't in the trailer that wasn't the trailer that was that's actually a movie scene and he's gonna be like ignore the horse and he's gonna be like how am i gonna ignore the horse flash forward a week later idris elba is ignoring his child uh his child is not going to school he comes in why aren't you going to school he lashes up he looks at his dad and say dad idris it's your dream not mine high school musical style <laughs> uh slams the door and then fast forward to the end he's riding a horse and feeling good that's honestly it sounds about right for a coming of age story i'll be honest with you yeah i watch a lot of coming of age stories okay i am just a very depressed not teen that wants to see myself represented and i think that concrete cowboy is going to be a solid seven out of ten i know we do a five rating but this is the future so you had mentioned this isn't directed by white people um, um i mostly meant that idris alba was in there <laughs> oh yeah but the director is a white man oh unsurprising i uh, it is a dude named ricky staub oh and this is his first full feature film and yeah, as that video said, he did work as a assistant on The Last Airbender. Oh, we did. You're right. We did see that. Who wrote the book? Uh, That's going to be something that we'll definitely talk about next week. But um, sometimes I misspeak. Hello. Welcome to podcasts where we are not correct all the time. <laughs> 
Uh, I mostly meant that Idris Elba was. I know Idris Elba had a hand in there. Um, yeah, because he's the sexiest man of the year in two thousand seventeen. Uh, man, I don't know any of the years. The past five oh, I don't years. Know. You mean in you mean in real life or the sexiest men of the year, Oleander? Which one are you talking? Take a guess. I don't want to. So I'm going to uh, hopefully, you, you know, when we watch the uh, what you need to know about that, I love that they uh, completely glanced over the fact that Ricky Staub was in the last airbender, that he had help in that mess. He was only movie. an assistant. Mm. He didn't call any shots. He was bringing M. Night Shyamalan coffee. <laughs> Why so, did that movie get made? The book is written by Greg Nary. And it's called Ooh. Ghetto Cowboy. Oh yes, they changed the Concrete Cowboy for the for the title. I um, should have still been. Oh, and right it was produced by Idris Elba, Lee Daniels, and some dude named Tucker Tooley. Tucker Tooley, which is a good okay. name. It's a good name. That is a good name. TT. I wonder. I hope they call him that. Like just knowing a guy named Tooley sounds fun. Smooth. Yo, Tuli, hey, yo, 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 uh, I don't know why, but I automatically, um, anyone, any of my Italian Americans out there listening to the podcast, uh, hey, yo, Tuli, <laughs> you got the stromboli? He does look kind of Italian. Hell yeah, Tuli, baby. Yo, Tuli, if you're listening to this, hit my line. Let's make some movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fucking mess. I'm not here because I'm smart. I'm here because I'm pretty, and I will stand by that. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for Concrete Cowboy. Um, I think it's going to be sick, and I think it's going to at least meet my expectations. Yeah, I am excited to see it. I am excited to hopefully put it above Thunder Force. God. Oh, I think um, by the end of this, we're going to have six episodes. Five? We're going to have five episodes. But I, I think by the end of it, we should rate like all of the... Like, like all a of the things. A, yeah, a ladder list of all of the films and movies that we've seen and watched through all of this. God. For those of you that don't know, for the character we know for the episode zero that you will not get to see, slash here, because this is a podcast, you don't see us. It was Isaac Castlevania, and we gave him five out of five. So Let's um, see if somebody beats him. Yeah, Billy, Billy Power Rangers swung, but did not swing that hard. Yeah, you can't beat Billy. Or, sorry, you can't beat Isaac. That's my personal stance. I'm the biased one when it comes to that. Isaac, champ, baby. Love it. Perfect character in that specific series. Perfect character in general. Fuck it. No, he's he's ascended. So we will uh, have another new character to add to the list next time. Next uh, time, baby. And then we will review Concrete Cowboy, <laughs> as well as have another unknown pick to throw into the mix. That we're going to pick right before the show. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our producer's going to fucking kill us. Uh, shout, out, <laughs> shout out to Oak Cookie. <laughs> shout out to Oak Cookie from across the pond. From across the pond. Uh, you will know for the future that I will be making very, very specific comments about American black people. Uh, because our producer is British. We love her. But yeah, that's all I've got for this week. Uh, you? Uh, yeah, that's all, that's all I got. So I cool. guess we should sign off. Sign off. Uh, yes. So uh, 
thanks for showing up anyone that will uh this has been blurred of mouth podcast uh the podcast where we talk about black representation in media uh i've been cj and will probably be cj next week i am oleander and i definitely will still be oleander next week coward Uh, (laughs) (laughs) fucking coward i can't keep changing my name (laughs) all right let's sign it off uh I guess if we had sponsors, they'd play at the end. But, you know, maybe one day. This is sponsored by Nicotin Narnia. We'll get to that next week. (laughs) Okay, we can cut that. Peace. Hey, folks, it's Oleander here. I want to say thank you for listening. We appreciate it so much. And we would also appreciate it if you spread blurt of mouth through word of mouth. We want you to tell your friends, tell your family, tell your mom, tell your baby. Put some headphones on the baby. Let them listen to it. Uh, follow us on Twitter at blurt of mouth pod. B-L-E-R-D-O-F-M-O-U-T-H-P-O-D. And interact with us using the hashtag HeyBump. To stay engaged, we want you to send us suggestions, comments, concerns, funky memes, anything you want. And uh, we'll see you next time we see you.